It's officially the season for giving, and I love to receive. <laughs> Life is like Hollywood, and I'm always the center square. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's not my best work, but it was like a minute ago. <laughs> you know what? It's not my best work. I was like, how do I make the holidays dirty? I know, but I laugh because <laughs> every time I go, oh, gosh, I need to do this. And it needs to be witty, a bon mot, think Noah no. Coward, Oscar Wilde. And you do this <laughs> literally every day. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, I've had people who are, I've, I have on rare occasion done like a light ghostwriting. But yes. at this point, like, if someone's really riding the struggle bus, which I can completely understand. But at this point, like, I literally am like, what are two words that I have used repeatedly over and over again in a different sequence? But also, they just inspire me in the duck because I'm like, you said that. And I'm like, ooh, life is like the struggle bus, but make sure you're the driver. <laughs> That works. That really, that really does work. And so you guys, does this guest, I'm so excited to have him back. First off, it's Andy's Girls. Number two, you know him as actor, producer, and director whose credits include A Very Sorted Wedding and Southern Baptist Sissies, both streaming on Amazon. Welcome back to the people's people's couch emerson collins uh, emerson how are you i am epically meh how are you <laughs> you know we were talking about this a little bit before we got started yes. and i was like i don't know if you, i'm just kind of like i could either sigh or cry yes. it's one of the two i'm just I can't even really blame it on Thanksgiving. I just think something is in the air and the air is like a little sad. Agreed. You know? Yes. Because of what you're discussing. I actually, I have a bunch of stuff happening this month. It's all like really mm. good. My pills are clearly doing what they're supposed to because I'm not crying now. <laughs> but yes, the, pills. But there is a little bit of like, oh, it's a little more effortful than I want it to be. Because I'm a Christmas queen. Like I'm one of those, mm. I come from one of those families. Like we treat Christmas like a sport. You know, it's yes. like it's growing up. I was in a Christmas pageant that started rehearsals in the month of August. You're welcome. So Christmas was a third of the year. <laughs> we did 20 performances in the month of December. It was broadcast on NBC until 1991. So like the holiday season is our people. Um, and I'm wow. like, I'm gritting it Sisyphean up the hill. What's your what's your Christmas prep look like? Uh, well, like we forgot to bring the tree home from Thanksgiving because it lives at Blake's parents' house. And literally we were in the driveway. I was like, we forgot the tree. He's like, we'll get it next week. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) but mostly right now it involves watching a lot of the like terrible, delightful Christmas movies. But Netflix was recommending Christmas movies to us last night. And I was like, Blake, we've watched all of them. Like the Vanessa Hudgens Christmas oeuvre is uh, particularly excellent. <laughs> the uh, Christmas Prince saga. It's now recommending me like foreign language Christmas films because it's like you've, rec- you've watched it all. You've, you've, you've seen it all. You've done it all. We watched Justin Hartley's new one, The Noel, oh. the Noel Diary, which is just like a lifetime movie, <laughs> but with more budget. So the like color correction is better. Um, yeah, so I'm like getting into the movie mood and maybe that's like getting me closer to the spirit of the season. I think some of the difficulty, listen, Hanukkah is Hanukkah. So there's that. But like, we don't, my Jewish people are, are, are folks. We don't have Hanukkah movies. So it's like, I was I don't know. just discussing this this week. I was like, why, you know, 
aren't there the like great Hanukkah films? I keep thinking like <laughs> I would watch the crap out of like multi generational Jewish families assembling multiple m- multiple nights in a row, like the drama of the like presence journey, the like rich family versus the like meaning of <laughs> meaning of the season family. Like there's so much meat there. Like maybe you, please launch. Let's let's find somebody and launch that because I would live like the like. The, you know, the tortured elementary child, like, they're like, no, they're like, we're doing the blue lights. And like, there's all the like, wonderful, <laughs> like, you deserve messy holiday content. Yes. And bad and bad content. Yes. We just have Adam Sandler's song and Correct. that's kind of it. Like all of us, like that's true equality, right? Is when your community, yes. your culture, your niche, your minority gets truly mediocre eye rolling yes. content. That's when you know that equity has like, <laughs> I've lost my mind. That's what I know. <laughs> that's truly. what I want. Yes. And I know of Jews who love Christmas movies. Christmas movies to me are non-denominational. Correct. Like, you should watch it and love it regardless of whether or not you celebrate the holiday that's sort of what the holidays are all about yes, I think yes but I just happen to not get in I just just like like lifetime movies yep. people love them yep. I've never I yep. know I have seen I'm sure one but like <laughs> I, that's just like A not movie. my vibe yep. and so Christmas movies I wasn't like raised with people watching them yeah. or enjoying them yeah. so it's like it's not really my thing. I think I have probably tried. I know I did try to watch the Lindsay Lohan one, and I was just honestly like, I got it. Like, I support it. Like, I get it. But, like, I couldn't watch it. I tried. I, I couldn't do it. I cerebrally comprehend the camp joy that this is giving the rest of you, but, like, I don't need yes. to be here. Christmas yeah. movies are like horror movies, right? Literally the same, actually. <laughs> but they're like a genre that you either do or don't do. You know, it's like it's like a rom-com, but holiday. Uh and it's like it doesn't speak to all people. It doesn't. And I also don't do horror movies. Same. I'll Wikipedia them. Yeah. Like if there's like a conversation, like the one barbarian or something, I Wikipedia sure. it. But I think I honestly skimmed the Wikipedia. So yeah. I couldn't totally tell you what, what happened no. there. Honestly, I mean, when you think about it, like Christmas movies are actually the worst horror movie in many ways. Like it's actually the worst kind of horror. Like family trauma, but eat. You know, like... <laughs> And haven't there been housewives? Like, was that last year where Kyle was in one? I think with Kenya, maybe oh, yes, yes, or yes. someone. Oh, yeah, I believe it was a Peacock exclusive, The Housewives of the North Pole or whatever. Oh, we definitely watched <gasps> that one too. Yeah, don't worry. Kyle Richards, by the way, is a better actress than she has any right to be. Like, I know it's her original skill, but like, it's like every time I'm like, oh yeah, you do do this. Like, you you haven't you don't do it a lot, but you do do this. Good for you. Did you watch her most recent Halloween films, like the last two? I missed her. Ca- I literally, I just read the highlights that were like Kyle Richards basically has a cameo, and I was like, great, right? I'll, that's I'll watch, what I heard. I'll watch that scene at some point, but I have not gotten to that, y'all. I just looked at my imaginary <laughs> I watch. Us just from, so you I know, all the time. like it's I not all visual, all but like there was a visual gag that just went with that moment. <laughs> so just imagine that I t- I tapped my incredibly thin wrist and looked at it like yes, was a my dainty. Um, <laughs> Um, into that. Um, did you have a good Thanksgiving? Did you do anything? Actually, did you yes. Survive? Uh, Blake's parents uh, moved to a new home, and so this is the first like holiday season. Like, so it's all the first, first, Aww. you know, new memories uh, from his childhood home to a new one. So it was very our first Thanksgiving. My brother was in town because he works at auto shows, and the LA Auto Show is happening. Mm. So he got to come join us with a few friends for the. I do enjoy the Thanksgiving. Like, do the like close family. We, I adore his parents. 
and then like mm-hmm. have some friends over for the evening for nonsense. <gasps> Wait, mm-hmm. I'm about to ask you about my, my new favorite Thanksgiving tra- tradition. Uh, oh, tell me. Adina Menzel has a holiday song called At This Table, which I introduced to people as the queer holiday anthem that we didn't know we needed, and I've made it a Thanksgiving song. (laughs) And all of you listening at home, hello on the People's People's Couch, please go watch the YouTube video, because if you just hear the song, disclaimer, I heard it for the first time mid-lockdown, where I was like, we discussed even on this pod, the like, Mm. my earnest, open-beating heartness that I was living in in that time. Mm, And so- The lyrics were like, I was like, oh, yes, it's open and it's talking about, you know, holidays are weird for queer people. And, uh, you know, oh, at this table, everyone is welcome. At this table, everyone is heard, like seen. Mercy mm-hmm. has a seat, all of these things. And then you need to watch the music video because it's literally Adina Menzel walking around a table full of like various <laughs> ri- mi- mi- minority group representations oh and God. foods. But I... one of the minor, one of the groups, there's just a white cowboy. And I was like, is he broke back representation? Are we just, oh, I don't know. What should we do with the, like, one white guy? Make him a cowboy. There's the lesbians, uh, the Muslim woman. Like, we have all the niches. But she's in, like, a sparkly jacket, like, singing over their shoulders. Oh, no. And then there is what can only be described as evangelical Sunday morning contemporary dancing that occurs involving vaguely so-you-think-you-can-dance-esque movement with napkins being flung about the empty table. So now at Thanksgiving, I make everyone who hasn't seen it watch this music video, but I introduce it like it is high quality, queer affirming art, um, which sets the like expectations incorrectly high. And then I get to enjoy people going, what, 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 what is, what is happening? What is she doing? (laughs) So for all of you listening at home, please go watch At This Table. At this table, everyone is welcome. And then the very end ends with, like, junior year in college, experimental theater, spoken word sincerity. Oh, my God. Because the final not-sung lyric of the song is, So come, pull up a chair. Adele Dazeem, what are you doing? It's unhinged. You know I have a special place for her. Like, Blake gets crazy because in the pandemic, when I would be like, I need some joy, we would watch the Mm. two two episodes that exist of Adina's Treehouse, which is Adina Menzel making a children's show in the treehouse she built for her son who no longer wants to play in it, so she's just in there by herself. And it has a theme song that I sing when I want to irritate him. (gasps) Welcome to the treehouse. We're gonna go up into the treehouse. And I don't like really know the lyrics, so I just make it up, but that's the melody. I love her so much. She is so bonkers in the best way. And who did she, was the show, was her children's show on like a YouTube. network? Or did she no, sell? She, she made it for produce. YouTube. It was clearly like, maybe we're gonna sell this, but also this is like making me happy. She's got like a gay assistant with a chicken. There's like a lot happening. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Like an actual chicken, not like a metaphor. Like he uh, has a chicken. Oh, like a literal, ch- not a cooked chicken, yeah, no, but a pet no. chicken. Yeah, not, like, a, probably un- not like an unseasoned white people chicken breast, like a live chicken. Oh, so maybe that'll get me into the holiday season. Watching. Yeah. Yeah. Adina. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so we did that. Then I took my brother to see the zoo lights. Uh, yesterday we drove up to this Aww. little town in Calabasas to like a winery, wine tasting, and like wandered around the Paramount Ranch. Uh, wow, so nice! That sounds amazing. Well, you know, I'm trying to fight my meh. 
Mm-hmm. No, I. you got to. You got to. Filling our spirits with nonsense. I mean, it's equal parts trying to fight it and then sometimes just like sitting yes, in it so that it, it can acknowledging it and then keeping it moving. I did come home and then put on my teal sweatpants that I love that Blake says every time I put them on, you smell like hospital because he thinks they look <laughs> like scrubs. <laughs> and I took an Instagram poll and everyone agreed that he was correct. So like I put on my, oh my hospital God. scrub sweatpants, sit under the cashmere blanket with the Bravo tag on it that I stole from a event we did during the people's couch era at a marketing firm and think, Oh, my life used to be better. I'm kidding. Oh my God. I'm kidding. How was yours? Well, speaking of the people's couch. So I was running to the theater Wednesday night, the night before Thanksgiving and went to see um, pian- the piano lesson, which is produced by Candy and Todd yep. and stars John David Washington, Danielle Brooks and Samuel L. Jackson, which was so great. And I was just like golf claps to Candy, like incredible job, incredible yep. cast yep. like there. I was thinking it was going to be an intense drama and obviously there were moments of intensity but there were also a lot of like light moments with incredible levity where there was one performer Ray Fisher who's like I think a hundred percent gonna get nominated for a Tony for supporting because he was so funny and he was so smart I was literally like screaming I was laughing so hard at certain moments but while running to the theater literally pushing aside pedestrians who were just like standing in the middle of the street welcome to the New York holidays oh my god like you gotta keep it moving like if you see something say something and the thing that I am saying is get the fuck out of my way with my shoulder (laughs) literally I literally was like if you are not going to allow me a spot to like essentially run my own marathon, which yep. is truly moderate style power walking. Correct. I'm going to push you to the side. But I did end up running by, aka power walking by, your pal Scott from oh my gosh. The People's Couch. I was uh, like, oh my God. Did you I say know, something? I, no, because I literally was running to of meet course. my friend outside the theater and I did not want to be late. And That's they so started funny. very, very close to on time, which is almost unheard of. Of all of us, he's by far the nicest, like in public. Like oh. he would, like, I, I mean, he would have made you, like, you would not have made it to the show until intermission because he would have been like, tell me everything about you. Wait, what? Why do you know Emerson? Oh my God. Like, Scott is such oh a, jo- a joyous person to run into. Um, I love that. I'm going to tell him. But he will. Well, He'll be like, do. why didn't she say something? I know. I was honestly running so late. And it's like, I do my thing where I text and say I'm around the corner, which means I'm around the corner or I'm three blocks away or I'm about to leave my apartment. Yeah, like, there's, any there's of a above. spectrum yeah, there. Absolutely. And they're all kind of a lie, but I literally was around the corner. I could see you in five minutes or tomorrow. Um, True. Both are equally <laughs> likely at this point. <laughs> One thousand percent. And then I did Thanksgiving in a day because I had neglected to buy my train tickets until right before, which is a nightmare. So I spent a million (laughs) dollars on an Amtrak to Rhode Island, then from Rhode Island back to New York, which I did in a day. And I found out, I don't know, like maybe a 
I don't know that this is a lie as I say this out loud, like maybe like a week before or something that instead of spending it at our house because there's like a family member who's always been at our Thanksgiving every year, unfortunately is now at um, an assisted living facility, a great one. But I, uh, you know, the decision was to spend Thanksgiving there so that he could attend, which was absolutely the right thing to do and was so meaningful to him and those of us who attended. Yeah. But as a result, um, my brother, unfortunately, has had for years, a years long issue with nursing shortages he's a quadriplegic and it's just gotten to a point where it's really really terrible and his nurse called out the day before Thanksgiving so my mom was like Jeff can't go which means your dad can't go they have to stay at home and because I had to do it in a day I wouldn't be able to see them right which I think is the first time that has ever happened not related to COVID because I think I missed Something Maybe during two Thanksgiving, yeah. at least one Thanksgiving because of COVID, um, because the numbers were crazy and whatever else. Um, so it was I so I ended up, you know, on Amtrak on Thanksgiving for like <laughs> right. seven and a half hours <laughs> right. to be at Thanksgiving at an assisted living facility in Providence, Rhode Island for two and a half hours with a non-working kitchen. So oh, all no. of the food- nope. So I'm sorry, Sarah, I was on board for all of this. So like, it's just me and my mom no. and the friend at the mm-hmm. new facility and half the family's at home. Mm-hmm. By the yeah. way, this is the plot of a Thanksgiving movie, which there Thank should be you. more of. Yes. A very <laughs> moderate style, sort of stressful yes. Thanksgiving schlep. Yeah. The Thanksgiving schlep is yeah. what it should be on Netflix. Netflix, yeah. if you're listening, I know you're like out of money or whatever. In but the so like much. Thanksgiving movie, you would have met a hot male nurse on the train yes. who would have like he would have like not told you but he would have gone and gotten your dad and your brother and like brought them to get like like the the end of the movie would have been them surprising all at you and then like you have a and then you have a Hanukkah sequel wedding yeah a year later and let me tell you you know this the facility is so lovely but like I I need you know like of course great soup and stuff but I I just can't do it I just can't do it when it's cold food I like no. literally prepared vegan paleo stuff that I brought with me and I was just like it's fine we're not even gonna do it we're just not even gonna do okay, it great we're yep we're 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 okay mm-hmm. it's so like this so it was like slightly it was kind of this is where the Instagram of it all becomes tough because yes. like then there's like people posting they're like merry journeys Perfectly, and well and like perfectly laid and like warm filtered and yes. I know but it's you know it is what I love about you in this and what I feel like those of us that keep like the balance of all of that because mm. like I also enjoy like you're sharing that with like a smile like understanding that like this isn't what I hoped from the day but like yeah. let's find our humor in the in the thing because like that sucks but also like yeah you got to do some you know I don't know. I love this. I prefer this to that perfect presentation. Well, I appreciate that. And I also feel like the holidays for so many people come with so much melancholy, just according to whatever your relationship is with family or friends or or connection or or money or, you know, it can be as connective as it can be isolating. So I was appreciative that you know, I was able to see some people who I love and spend time with them and um, then go back on Amtrak and like swallow whole some gluten free crackers that I found in my bag and some baby carrots. Yep. And mm-hmm. I was just like devouring them. And then I spent the entire trip 
both ways editing the Friendsgiving episode that went up on Friday. I mean, and meanwhile, you were doing that and I was wandering around Blake's parents' new house (laughs) going, wait, where's the good bounce light for the like arm length selfie photo? So, you know, very same, very same journey. I'm obsessed with that. I'm obsessed with that. And listen, I have to say, speaking of Thanksgiving and thankfulness, the new Potomac episode, (gasps) which I watched this morning, and then I watched it half of a second time before we started recording, (laughs) because I was like, what just happened was, to me, wild and frustrating but kind of in the best possible way because it was really giving and I'm curious for your thoughts and reaction to it I love it so much you know from the very beginning to me the like Potomac Housewives have understood the job of the Housewives better than any other franchise collectively Mm. because there's some real stuff in this episode but like there's not there's also not because we're like fighting over like in between us stuff that like literally doesn't matter tomorrow and that's my favorite housewives is giant fights over not large things. Uh, mm. And so like the, the, the farcical nature from like Giselle going, I'm still going to eat the Oreos that have been delivered to the table <laughs> to Mia, like walking across to a car to say, if you go see her, you can't stay at the house oh. that I paid for while we're on vacation. Like that is the range. I, I enjoy the greatest from a housewives episode. I mean, like this is God tier firing on all cylinders reality television creation and performance i loved it a hundred percent agree but i also think it's it's difficult it's complicated in how to me uncomplicated it is when you think about the fact that the primary instigator throughout is mia and i just kind of look at her and i'm like I don't know. I felt like at least with Monique and Candace, there was more nuance where you make you could maybe see yes. how the other person is feeling, even if you're on someone else's side. Yeah. Like I could have I could appreciate aspects of, you know, Candace, even though I found myself empathizing more with Monique as the season went on. But I'm watching this episode and I'm like, fucking Mia, she's just a fucking clown. Like, she's so, I'm so uncurious about her because I think it's all performative but done really poorly. Like, I just think she's bad. It's like you're auditioning to play the villain and you're not going to get cast. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, wait, oh, you, you know, subtext is helpful. You know, not every villain screams like I'm a villain in their movie. Like, we love an understated, you know, so my favorite villains of all time tend to be understated. Because they're like, I am the villain. I don't need to show you the villain. Why? Because I am mm-hmm. the villain. Uh, but like, it's it's farcically performed. You know, it's like, oh, in this moment. And also, I'm like Team Candace and Wendy of like, I come from the world of it does not matter what someone says to you. If they use words, respond with words. And if you can't hang in the verbal argument, like... Because, like, the the drink, the, like, aggressiveness of that, like, drink fling. I mean, Karen Huger jumping out of the way is one of the, like, my favorite, like, physical comedy moments of Housewives Mm. in quite some time. Uh, But the, like, oh, and now I've done that. And now everyone has to be loyal to me. And it's my house. And it's my trip. And I'm not hosting your birthday party because you're not just being my friend. It's, like, at every turn, she's turning, turn. she continues to turn the, 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 I'm going to be the villain and I don't care direction. And so it was like, oh, okay, yeah, that's okay, you're doing that. I mean, I feel like at least with Candace and Monique, like Candace was 
one could was very much using her words and yeah. i think if you were more on team monique you were thinking okay well monique felt baited and regardless of how you felt about what followed that there was a sense that candace was able to communicate effectively yes. in a way to really piss someone off <laughs> right and i'm watching the way that mia is describing what took place the next day and it's like that literally didn't happen wendy did not come for Mia's husband, she was honestly responding to Mia coming for her, but but G was like barely a part of it. And so Mia saying, my husband, how would you feel if your family is attacked? I'm like, that literally did not happen to me. And if, if it did, it was the lightest possible touch. So it's like, you can't even compare the two situations. Also, you can't use what happened after you threw the drink. Right. As ammunition for why you threw it. Like, you know, when when Wendy came hard for you was after that. Like, that's when we got the, like, I don't care who you sleep with and your husband sleeps with and, you know, all like, all of that was a reaction. Like, the lead up to the, I found the whole incident so surprising because it, to me, it felt so unmotivated. I was like, whoa, we weren't that escalated yet. And then you're acting like the post-escalation happened as the instigation, which it did not. Right. Well, yeah, 100 percent. And I feel like not even I feel like the way that Robin and Giselle were so gleefully participating in that cycle and pretending that this alternate reality took place when it literally did not like watching Robin share that video with uh, Candace was so weird to me because I'm thinking, wait, are you just showing her? Wendy's reaction to this stuff taking yes. place because of course Wendy's going to be out of her chair someone just threw a drink at her and then threw some other fucking shit like you think she's just going to sit there and take it what in what world would that be okay and then pretending as you said that the consequence the reaction is uh, the reason that this thing right. that already took care right. that already took place occurred? It just doesn't make any sense. Well, and also, like in the greater universe, I always defend an overreaction in the sense mm. that if you do something bonkers and then somebody else takes it way further after, you don't get to complain about the size of their reaction when you like in like you know it's like the Brandy Glanville, the candidate. Like sometimes it's like if you shoot at someone. You don't get to complain for me as much about whether they do or don't overreact to your intentional shot. So it's like, Mia, you did this. You don't get to then say like, oh, but she was not okay and how she responded to my instigation in this moment. And then have the others present it like that didn't start it was very strange. It was almost like trying to convince Candace that like, Wendy, did, look what Wendy did. But it's like, no, no, this is what how Wendy responded. You can talk about like the appropriate or not re appropriate responses, but you can't present it like that was the beginning. Right. And why aren't we talking about Mia's reaction? Why are we only focusing on the aftermath centered around Wendy? Like at least Robin in her confessional laughed like a supervillain and said, I just don't like her right. because that's, that's what's taking place. These women decided that because they don't like Wendy, they're going to blame her for being yeah. the the victim which is too heavy-handed a word but like for being the one who had shit thrown at her whose right. body was violated right. like make that make sense because you don't like her it's 
the the misuse and manipulation of discussing Monique stuff from last season as a way to excuse your poor behavior and right. shitty response is like so gross to me. I mean, and I guess it's like it's why you're a housewife and you're on a show because I can't imagine saying, yeah, I know this is wrong, but I don't like the other person, so I don't care. And I'm on the team, like I'm on, you know, it's like, oh yeah, no, I just don't like her, so therefore I'm fine with this. It's why, like, the grand dame, Karen Huger. I have yeah. so much respect for like, you're my friend, you're hosting my birthday party and her genuinely doing like the nuance that it's easy for us as spectators to like really get into because we're not there in the height of emotion of stuff and be like, oh, you did, you, you may have prodded this, this happened and analyzed that Karen's like doing that in real time with both of them. It's mm. so impressive. You know, it's like, I'm, I'm going to hold you accountable as my friend because that was not acceptable behavior. And yes, I'm going to go check on the other person and maybe I don't like all the things that she chose to say in response to your instigation. I'm like, that's so impressive. Also, the way that Karen was essentially saying, I'm not going to be your bitch. Like, right. that to me, a friendship means silent silence and agreement regardless of how you actually feel which to me is being a terrible like being a terrible friend to that person who you want to be your ally and nothing more it does not make sense to me and the fact that Karen disputed Wendy's definition of friendship in front of Jacqueline who's just like seemingly exhausted and maybe annoyed but is trying to internalize as much as possible because she looks like a jackass like she looks genuinely like an idiot to so vehemently try to side with Mia because I know that she's smarter than that you can see you it can in see her it. eyes yes. you can see it in her eyes I also feel like Jacqueline feels like she's watching that thing where what she wants to say is this is not you what are you doing why are mm. you doing all of this you know it's like that accountability thing of i mean i always go to drag race of like laganja like but like the like you're performing too much for this and i don't want to mm. call that out in this moment but it's like it looks like that's what jacqueline is trying to say is like i don't know what to do because i am your friend and i am the kind of i will side or i do kind of ride or die for you but like i can't defend this and i don't know what to say and we're on camera and i know they'll use it but what i want to say is why are you doing so hard? Why are you mm-hmm. like, be the friend that is my friend. Like, yes, you're maybe messy or annoying and complicated. And like, we all are. And, but like, this is too much is all I see in Jacqueline's like resignation right now. Yeah. And also why do you want to be friends with a fucking brat? Like, you know, someone's true colors when they're put to the test and the way that Mia pretended that fucking beach bungalow situation was a party for Karen when it wasn't expressly stated as that and then using that as a punishment because these women are some of these women rather three of them or uh we have Karen Candace and Ashley are refusing to just isolate Wendy a woman who traveled out of state and they're just refusing to continue to punish her for being attacked like that is so wild and disturbing and gross and trashy for Mia to like open up that car door and say listen because you're showing empathy for someone I dislike which I have decided comes at the cost of my own self-victimization you're not allowed to stay here at this shitty fucking house like how in what universe does that show anything about Mia yeah aside from absolute 
clown behavior. Yeah. Well, also, it felt so like villain and like performatively villainous. Yes. Like I had yes. the time to think about it. I had the walk across to the car to think about what I was going to say. But then she mumbled the line so much, I had to rewind it twice to like make sure I caught all the words of what she said. Mm. I was like, it wasn't even a good like delivery. Like you want this big villain moment. It's like, say it, say it, say it, slam. But it was like sort of mumbled and like, I was like, oh, that wasn't even a good performance. Well, I also think there's a difference between being an artificial villain and an artificial person. Yeah. And I think that Mia is both. She's trying to be the grand Mia or yeah. whatever yeah. on this show and put up a performance. We're all pretending that she paid for this shitty house yeah. when obviously production did. And, you know, that's kind of like a known thing that they even admitted was the scenario with production related yeah. cast trips at BravoCon during a producers panel in 2019. So it's like, we're all supposed to pretend that uh, that Mia is the host, but Mia can't even play the part of a host right. because she doesn't want to. And she doesn't know how, like I don't disbelieve that she's full of shit in her personal life, right. but it does to me affect the universe of Potomac because I think she's being the most artificial of any of them. Like you yes. can dislike yeah. Yes. To me, how Giselle and Robin are responding to this and enjoying it. But that's not artificial to me. That's just something I vehemently disagree with and I think like could be a character flaw. Right. But it's also like, oh, that's legit real, though. They're like, this is right. They really dislike when they hate Wendy. They really they do not her. like Wendy. And they really do like in this moment go this. But also there's a part of where I sort of get and I get like why like uh, there's lots of complicating issues there I shouldn't speak to. But why they're like. This is so performative. Like, I feel like some of their laughter in that moment is also like, you are trying so hard over there right now. Like, we're all at dinner to make a scene. And like, that was so, you went from a one to a 432. And like, what is going to, what are we doing? I'm going to eat my Oreos while we finish the scene work. That, that, that is like part of their authenticity, right? It's like, you yes, that you can hate the reaction, but that is their very real feeling in the moment is y'all are hilarious. This is hilarious. Yeah, it makes it makes you wonder why Jacqueline. I do not understand why Jacqueline was there to begin with, but she really wasn't necessary because those two, Giselle and Robin, were very, very happy to rewrite history as long as yes. Wendy got buried. And the and and interest, but when Jacqueline said that thing that they used in the show of, uh, you know, sometimes you look and say, I, if I met this person now, we wouldn't be friends. That was, I feel like that was very telling. You know, it's like, there are people you love and they become people you don't. It's like, but they were there from the beginning or whatever. And you're still invested in the relationship primarily because of the history. And that felt like her, like speaking her truth of this whole trip sort of accidentally before we got to even the, the most of the nonsense. That it was like, I'm friends with you because we've been friends so long. But if I met you today, I don't think I would be. That's, that says a lot. Yeah, I cannot honestly imagine wanting to be Mia's friend. And I think, you know, this is incredibly unfair of me. And I have no basis for Great. thinking that this is uh -huh. the truth of what happened. But the way that Mia is talking about how, like, Karen isn't a good friend to Gordon is fascinating to me because Mia isn't aware that this was recorded, but there was that scene of Karen talking about how one of the cast members' husbands was physical with her in a way that made her feel uncomfortable. 
And we never got an answer on who that was. But the more Mia keeps referencing G repeatedly in ways that like don't make sense to me. Like, I don't think anyone cares about him. Good or bad. Not invested. Right. To like try to annihilate his character. And also, P.S., no one's needed to do that when she's fighting with her family members over her business on social media. Obviously, there are other concerns unrelated to what we're currently watching play out. Yes. But all that being said, I wonder if Mia continues to press those buttons at the reunion. I'm just curious if Karen is going to reveal some names, which is entirely up to Karen. It's not necessary in any way. It is her experience. She has the right to decide for her own personal boundaries and space not to reveal. But I'm just curious as I think of the folks on this cast (laughs) and their spouses or partners. Yes. I just wouldn't be surprised if Mia gets a little surprise at the reunion. Yeah. Oh yeah, I definitely, you know, you are setting yourself on an island and that never ends well. Because like there's nobody on your team on your team. They're on your team because they're not on your team. They're against Wendy, which isn't the same thing. But that, but it, if for the purposes of like short term fighting and to, to try to isolate Wendy off the show, I don't think it matters. Well, no, like totally. In, in the same way that they did it with Monique. Like they didn't give a shit about Candace. Right. They were just better at communicating it then versus now. Maybe they cared more about Candace during that time, but they were still. Yes. Blustering in a way to further shame Monique. If you get to a reunion reveal that is against you, they are not on your team in all circumstances. They are on your team against Wendy. I just mean, like, if it starts going badly for you in other ways, they are not riding or dying for you. They are in this because it's op- Wendy opposition. That's what I mean. Yeah, and, and you know, Mia on social media, I think before she, like, deactivated her Twitter or whatever, did this, like, half-assed apology where if you looked at one tweet but not both you could be like oh wow she's taking full responsibility because she says like I unequivocally it was my bad had nothing to do with Wendy or whatever but the very the the tweet that was either right before or right after was like but the edit and I was performing and all this other stuff and I just wonder if Mia comes on the reunion and is like it was totally my fault because she's seeing the reaction on social media and that yep. like 99% of the audience is like, go fuck yourself. If she tries to Aviva style, just be like, it was completely my bad. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. And no matter what was said, which nothing was said, but right. no matter what was said, <laughs> I had no right to respond in that way. I wonder what that will do to Giselle and Robin, who right. I think would prefer to keep up appearances yes. of pretending that Mia's reaction was deserved. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, I mean, since that's like a 1% scenario, because if we've learned anything, the hardest thing in the world for someone to do at a reunion is to give a full-throated, sincere, no caveated apology. Like, you know, back to the, if we could teach reunion 101, right? If they would Mm. let, if they would let us, I would do it for free. But like, honestly, there's so (laughs) many of us that they could pay like hourly to be like, great, we're going to spend three days doing reunion prep. We're going to discuss the things. One, we're going to talk about how you feel about it because you should actually feel sorry for this thing. But even if you're not, here's how you're going to perform the apology. <laughs> like, here's how, here's the things you're going to take full responsibility for. Here's the things you're going to take some for with preparations for other people. Like, 
you you all know this is coming. Every year you know it's coming and people show up completely unprepared to speak on a thing that was clearly like their point of their whole season. So mm-hmm. I don't see, unless there's a personality transplant between now and then, I don't see Mia landing in the category of like full-throated, ownership, sincere, heartfelt apology for my response there. I don't see it. Ciao, AGs. I am speaking to you right now from Rome, Italy, where I am having a little bit of a European adventure. While I love the city and have had so many unique experiences to historical sites, the Vatican, we went to the Pantheon earlier today, there was a little bit of a hiccup in the apartment that we're staying in. And while I really enjoyed getting to know Fabrizio, the owner of the flat, there was a little bit of a language barrier because I unfortunately do not speak any Italian, even though I have watched The Sopranos all the way through at least three times. And this is where Rosetta Stone comes in. What would have helped me enormously in traveling abroad would have been brushing up, also known as entirely learning, the language of Italian. It could have broken down barriers and conversation with Fabrizio. And I also think speaking the language of the place that you're in is a sign of respect to the locals. It's also the ability to fully immerse yourself in the experience. And me not knowing any Italian, apologies to my grandpa Reno, who did make pizza from scratch, it would have been an incredible and even more incredible memorable experience. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, that's right, German, Chinese, and even more. Rosetta Stone immerses you in so many ways. There are no English translations, so you can really learn, listen, and think in that language you want to learn. It's designed for long-term retention, which is especially helpful for me because while this is my first trip to Italy, I really truly hope it won't be my last. The lifetime membership that Rosetta Stone offers has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in life. That's lifetime access to all 25 language courses that Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, AGs can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today. Ciao. Hey, AGs. Are you ready to add a touch of luxury to your home, just like the Real Housewives? BCC Villa Rosa. Introducing Home Threads where style meets comfort for the ultimate glam experience. Picture this. Chic furniture, one could even say chic c'est la vie, that mirrors the elegance of your favorite housewives' mansions. With exclusive designer collections and a curated selection, HomeThreads.com has everything you need to make your space as fabulous as the housewives themselves and always at the best value. Unlike Joe Gorka's initial attempts at windows, perhaps. Now, I have to tell you, I know that Padma is no longer on Top Chef, and may her memory be a blessing, but nothing has made me feel better prepared to host future seasons and potentially even iterations of Top Chef Upper East Side Edition than the Henkel's clad 
10-piece stainless steel cookware set in silver that I got along with a two-piece stainless steel ceramic nonstick fry set from Zwilling thanks to Home Threads. It makes me feel like I am finally ready to be a top chef one egg over easy at a time. They're gorgeous. They look great in the apartment. For someone like me who lives in New York City which with a very small space, what I have in my kitchen is important because guests who come to visit me see it. And I'm so, so thankful to have discovered Home Threads because now I feel fully prepared to make eggs a la Francais. Head over to homethreads.com today and live your best real housewives life. Go to homethreads.com slash andyscrolls and get a code for 15% off your first order. Again, that's homethreads.com slash andyscrolls for a 15% off code off your first order. Home Threads, love where you live. Yeah, I don't know what would give her more value if she's thinking through the context of like, how do I survive this maybe and get myself another season? Because just because you're roped up in a lot of conflict, that doesn't mean you're doing a good job. And it doesn't mean that you're going to be seen as valuable to the future of the franchise. And I just wonder for her, like is doing a full-throated apology going to help move this story forward or should I sit in the story to ensure that I'm a part of it? Yeah, yeah. Well, because it's also not every kind of fighting is good for like continued right continued involvement because some people fight the same and it gets boring. It's what's interesting is people who have different kinds of conflict with different kinds of people and how you maneuver through them. Do you keep us interested because it's always different, new, interesting or you're really good at it. Yeah, and I think for Giselle and Robin, it's going to be a question of how long do you get to pretend to be a surrogate for Mia's upset yeah. in order to try to, you know, piss off Wendy and make her feel bad. Like how long will that surrogacy process take? Like how much time do you have to do that because some of it is seemingly dependent on how Mia is going to react to what seems to be a groundswell response. I mean, nothing can bring people closer together seemingly in supporting Dr. Wendy than by just thinking that Mia is kind of a piece of shit. Yeah. Well, and like how long can Robin and Giselle live as like the Statler and Waldorf of, you know, the (laughs) of of Potomac. (laughs) Cause that's a little bit like what we're getting, right? It's like, that actually like sitting in the balcony, like commentary, you know, it's like that's only a good spot to be in for so long as well. Because what happened in this episode that I was like, that is interesting new television. Ashley and Candace landing on the same team on something. I was like, by your powers combined, you are Captain Potomac. Because I was like, danger, danger, Will Robinson. If the two of them manage to stay in a good place together for so long, that's dangerous for everybody. If there's a problem, because their comments just on the feet alone, I was like, those two women sat in separate interviews and gave hilarious reads about Mia's feet of all things. And I was like, if these two women target their tongues at one target at the same time, run for the hills. And I want to see it. 
And as a fellow big-footed woman, yes. which I have literally no problem with, I have I am recording this from the Clawfist. I have a variety of Manolos yes. going to the sample sale. Yes. Once you got into the fucking door on yes. the VIP day, I was going to the table that was like seen by literally three other people. While everyone running was getting to the, a 38. the large and in charge section. Babe, yes. you know, we might not have as many styles, but we got more of them than you do. So I have no problem with it. All it may is more shoe to love okay Amen. okay mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. more room but but genuinely <laughs> the two of them sitting in that car after Mia walked off and being like really because also this is both of us doing the thing where we're like and watching Candace be like a good friend to Wendy genuinely like that was like this is not good for the rest of y'all just so you know if these two stay good for very long I fucking loved it. The and way I that see Ashley it. and Candace yes. looked at each other and they were like, listen, whatever we've got, right. like, let's put it aside. Because Correct. what's more important than us fucking with each other is supporting Wendy. Yes. I thought was like 100% girl power. Yes. Which is why yes. the trailer for next week made me so annoyed because at that dinner, some fucking audio of Candace is shown or something. Which, I know. Like, I'm going to need to know about that. Like, two-state style recording, yes, whatever this, that this, was. This pocket cam. Yeah, something <laughs> was a little weird there, but then Ashley goes on to be like, oh, and Candace says X, Y, Z, and Candace's reaction is anger and frustration at the yeah. idea that nothing is sacred, which yeah. I don't know. Should I under, I'm upset that they're going to yes. continue to battle, but like, does Candace have a point? Are some things sacred when said off camera that you know would have a reaction on? You know, I, I've, you know, I'm, this may be controversial, but I do feel like, yes, there's a little bit mm-hmm. of like, as real as all of this is, it is also a job and we are also performing. And sometimes we make fights bigger than necessary because it's fun. You know, even mm-hmm. the real stuff, it's best when there's a little bit of performance because as we've, you know, I don't want to see everyone be reasonable about everything every week. Like that's not why we're here. And so that with that to me comes a little bit of certain things and also like venting to your friends is a little different. And when you have a job that relates to your stuff, I do feel like there's, there is some nuance there where depending on what all is said, where I do get that. There's some things that like when you whine about your best friend to another best friend who knows them that you're like, I don't need to say this to them today. I'm just bothered. And they know, you know, I'm, I'll be curious to see what is included that motivates mm. her to say it. But I do feel like it's fine that some things are like, look, let's have a real reel about the work and the thing. And yeah. Now, if it's to hide like massive pieces of mm. if, if it's to present genuinely false things, you know, that's a discredit to viewers. But I can see things that make sense to me to be like. That's not that cool that you said that. Yeah, it makes me kind of wonder if Candace was having a conversation with a cast member who she does consider a friend or someone, quote unquote, safe enough to really like talk to, including about talking shit. Do you have to kind of add a little disclaimer at the beginning? Like, do I have your permission to say things to you that you promise not to later reveal regardless of our friendship at that point? Like. Right. How do you how do you make sure that you feel protected so that you can be honest? Because I would think there are tons of Candace's friends that she could talk to and talk shit yes. about other house. Everybody has to vent. That is a human reaction. It's a way of processing and getting through stuff without allowing it or letting it take you down. But like, 
I would think talking about it with someone who has had this very rare experience of being on reality TV and specifically Housewives, how much more meaningful it would be to discuss it with someone who's currently going through it as you are. And that just sucks that she might not have that. Yeah. It's a, I mean, I guess you have to go to the like, well, whatever is said, if it's involved in anybody on the show, no matter how much you love or don't or whatever, you run the risk that it's going to come up. Cause my favorite is always when something comes up and someone's like, I've known about that for years, but Mm -hmm. I didn't bring it onto the show until they, you know, there was something Mm -hmm. even earlier this season. Robin was like, Oh, I heard that. She told me that years ago or whatever. It's like, mm-hmm. so they do have certain things under cones of like, not that because it's either a rumor or it's too dark or whatever that like, but it's, uh, if, if somebody gets back too far into a particular corner, suddenly that off the record is not so off the record and you just run that risk in life, right? I guess if you, if the words come out of your mouth, you always run the risk that those words through someone arrive to everyone. But it sucks to know that. There isn't a floor you can't let go beneath, I guess. Watching this episode and how it played out, I'm not on Twitter and I don't pay a ton of attention to like the sort of community conversation about what's taking place. I had Uh someone message me this morning who said, like, thank God you're not on Twitter because it's extremely toxic. Like what's being discussed about these sides, which honestly to me is like slightly surprising because... I just can't imagine genuinely being on Mia's side with this, which does to me kind of bring up the question, like, if I was Wendy going through this, noting that, you know, she had a fair amount of, I think, deserved critique of her style and behavior on (laughs) on Potomac. Yes. Like, how do you get through this? Because even if there is a segment not all of the audience, but I think a, a pretty large segment of the audience that maybe had is- has or had issues with her, but is seeing what's happening in Miami through her eyes and is more empathetic with her than Mia. Like, how do you still go through this when you have three women on the cast who are vocally against you, yeah. who refuse to allow you anything close to empathy or understanding or grace? Because they hate you that much. Like, you can't really say that about the Mia people. Like, the people who are open to empathizing with Wendy aren't doing it um, by disavowing themselves from Mia. Like, that's actually not happening. Mia is being still provided a fair amount of grace. But when it comes to Wendy, that's not happening by Mia, by Giselle, and by Robin. And I just think, like... How does that work itself out for you if you have three women in the cast who are sort of unwilling to, like, record with you and right. stuff? Like, how does that work? And also the, like, it, it is bonkers to me to consider the element of no matter how much I do or don't like somebody, in that moment it's like, cool, but the person who threw the thing is wrong. Like, it doesn't matter, right. you know, there's no version of that for me. And I think for many people watching, that's why there's such a disconnect because it's like, cool, cool. I can dislike you with every fiber of my being. And also it can be my person. I'm like, you can't do that. That is, it doesn't matter. And to make the decision to ignore it completely, to gloss it over completely, to stay in your personal battle with somebody, I don't know, it just looks terrible. But it's, how do you rationalize it? 
Yeah, and I also think the ways that they're rationalizing it is really problematic. And we're like, we're two white people talking about of this. Of course. And I would, you know, err on the side of listening to content creators who are black when it comes to conversation about colorism. Well, I was going to say black creators are having deeper nuanced conversations. I won't. I would absolutely not begin to contribute. So mine is only like the 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 actual just people interacting uh, elements that they have far more uh, are thoughts to share on deeper issues. Yes, but when it comes to conversations about colorism, which I think are important to have, there is a weird way that these women are defining Wendy as aggressive, which is like a very problematic trope that's right. often right. Uh, framed for black women yeah. and also darker skinned black women. Yep. And it's just so weird to me that the thing that they used with Monique, they're also using with Wendy, noting that she wasn't the person who like threw the first punch or a punch at all. She stood up and reacted to this woman being shitty to her and reactive to her and physical with her. And yet they are still using this framework with Wendy, which to me is like extremely cringe. Yeah. It's also, there's an element of, you know, I mean, the speed at which the thoughts poured from Wendy instantly. And all I thought Mm. in the moment was like the amount of control for the like, like I mean Wendy like we're having a conversation you did a thing and then I have a monologue prepared to destroy you in 18 different ways all I thought in that moment was the amount of control Wendy had to stick to here are the points I'm gonna make now that you have done that thing and I think there's some element almost of jealousy on the other side of like there's Giselle and Robin are not hanging in that kind of verbal uh volley so to speak you know that's like it's like when you go to the batting cages and the balls just keep coming, <laughs> you know, it's like if they, if you can't swing at that person, you enjoy it in a different way too. It's like, that, that's always my favorite anyway, is somebody who in a moment of like, what is high emotion can string together in, <laughs> incredibly incisive, cogent responses to somebody. It's just like, bam, 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 right or wrong. Here they come one after another, after another. And I was like, Gisela Robin couldn't do that. Yeah, and I think that there has been a conversation around Dr. Wendy previously being a little scripted seemingly or like behaving in a way that felt Pre- like prepared. it was a housewife with For prepared. Yeah, well, prepared but uh-huh. also performative, yes. I would say. Yes. And yet you watched her response and how effective she is at like the greater housewife ad lib. Yes. And I'm like, well, props to her. Yes. Like she was able to do it in the moment and in her confessionals in a way that Mia can't. She yeah. has no capacity for that. Like she is kind of. Yes. She's just not efficient in that way. She's yes. not creative. Yeah. She's not expressive in a way that yeah. to me is like anywhere near as intelligent. Yeah. And also she's acting like a fucking brat. Yes. Like she's she is the way that she is trying to weaponize being the host of this trip right. when it's such a fucking and LOL, everyone knows. She was yes. even right. She was even like granted that title by producers. 
it's just to me, it's so stupid. I just watch. I'm sorry. Like I watch Mia on the show and I know I've talked about this on previous apps. I just think she's so it's like I don't want to discount her intelligence, but I also have so many questions about the idea of Mia as a girl boss. And I just think this is like fucking dumb. She's not yeah. she's not like good enough at this. Like yes. at least with Giselle and Robin, I have no yep. issue with them being on the show. Oh, yeah. like, I, I don't come for them. I don't feel like coming for them as hard as I yes as a cast right, as hard yes right I think that they there are a multitude of reasons why they make sense and should continue on the show yeah and I also think they're being so obviously shitty and um I mean I don't even know they're they're not being honest with exactly how much they dislike what oh they dislike wendy and it feels like they're feeding stuff into mia to keep her going yeah which all right if you want to be that kind of calculated like go for it i just think mia is like ugh, it feels she just feels so artificial to me it's just so stupid there's a self-satisfaction currently that i'm like you're not doing it this as well as you think you are you know, like you think like sitting at the beach, like, oh, this is my party and I'm tired of being not well, like, when she said I'm tired of being nice, ma'am, you have not been on the nice journey at no point in this has any aspect of this. You weren't even nice about the way you were hosting this birthday party and this like sad beach blanket bingo party. So stupid. I was like, if Karen had showed up, where was the Sandy cake coming from? Like, this is not a birthday party. Hush. It literally wasn't a birthday party. It's one of the activities you do as a host. Please stop taking credit for this house that isn't on the beach. Like, this is not even that. Like, you shouldn't even be that proud of this. <laughs> like, if I were her, we would have rolled into that house and I would have told production, I am not taking credit for this. Because if I was telling you that I was getting you a house in South Beach or Miami, we would be in South Beach. We would not be in this, like, other way around the key. It's like, I'm not taking credit. For- you can't blame this on me. I'm going with Sharice to that hotel. I know. I honestly thought to myself, like, at least I really do want to know where Dr. Wendy ended up staying because pre-COVID, I was going to Miami once, sometimes twice a year, and we would stay in South Beach. And I'm like, aside from the Savoy, which I really, I have questions about the Savoy, but... (laughs) Aside from that, I'm like, who wants to look at a fucking dock? You you right. go to a hotel ostensibly or I don't know if I, I don't know what home. No, there are homes that are beachside that are private. Like, it's just who wants to look at this part of Miami? You're so right. You're so isolated from what makes Miami great. Yes. And maybe they're not allowed to film there. But this house isn't that great. Who wa- The nicest room, you get the pleasure of listening to the toilet flush after people <laughs> shit. Like uh-huh. Mia uh-huh. herself is totally full of crap. So I could understand why she would quote unquote choose this place for them to stay, which mm-hmm. obviously she did not. But it's just like not that great. So I hope that Dr. Wendy, I know she said her voice was hoarse from crying all night and I feel terribly for her, but like she's probably better off at whatever hotel. Like I'm sorry. Yeah, of course. Like the emotion of it, but you definitely had a better sleep. But uh, can I tangent entirely for a second? Why is Sharice on the show again? What is what is this bringing? Oh, I like it. I'm like maybe one of the few. I'm into it. I like the way that she's like so dry. I liked her originally, but I'm like. Yeah, she's. 
Yeah. But but uh, but with the comeback, I'm like, Robin, I get, like, I know we're their friends, and I liked her as an OG cast member. I didn't want her to go when she left the first time. But with the back, I'm like, is this to get to a fight with Karen? Like, what is the point? What Because she is, like, a little sit back and dry, it's like she had mm. basically no involvement in it. I'm like, is this for something or just, I don't know. It feels like, I'm like, why are you here? I am. I'm like, what's the plot point? It's not doing as much for me, clearly, as it is for you. It's giving Lori, it's giving Lori when she returned to Orange County specifically yes, to absolutely to ask about the attempt to humiliate and drag Vicky Gumbelson and yes. upset her. Like, yes. I am getting a Lori energy here but yes. because I genuinely also do enjoy Cherise. Yes. Like, even when she's doing stuff and I'm like, oh, this is so dumb. I'm like, oh, but it's Cherise. Like, totally. Sure. They don't, you don't need, you don't need this whole Jacqueline Mishigas. I don't care about Mia enough to like really want to know why friend. they're no longer friends. I guess I, I do a little, but it's more to drag Mia than, yeah. than anything else. So it's like, we don't need Jacqueline there, but I do enjoy Sharice. I well, do. it may just be my own producing. Cause like, to me, it's like, if you bring back somebody that important, Mm-hmm. My brain goes like, what's the reason? You know, because otherwise yeah. it's like, oh, was she just around this year? She was around, the, you know, that's all I mean. I think I'm like, I'm waiting for like, what's the thing? And if it's this like thing with Karen and Karen's doing like the Bethany to Ramona thing where she like refuses mm. to, and she like refuses to give her the scene. <laughs> so that part is amusing. But I was like, is that what it is? Are we building towards something? And is it coming? Maybe it's more of a question that I'm like, what's the thing? That's all. Also, what's worse to like, accuse someone of cheating or stepping out or maybe having an open relationship or producing a romantic relationship on camera that wasn't real oh that's a good that's a good party question because you've got these questions about karen right but then it's like Giselle, your shit ain't clean. So, right. like, what's well, what's I, worse? I mean, for a bit, you know, the greatest thing about Giselle is her ability to lob any sort of accusation of any kind, completely mm. ignoring, like, her own behavior. It's To me, it's mm-hmm. why she's, like, the forever cast member, because it's great. <laughs> she has no problem with her own inconsistencies with, like, pointing the finger at somebody's situation. That makes you great TV for me forever. Like, the, Into it. the disconnect, all day long. I'm here for it. <laughs> like, that, that kind of, like, articulate delusion so to speak, mm. is like, they're like, I see you, but I don't see me. Absolutely. Um, mm. It's what, to me, makes her a top tier housewife. It's like, I will absolutely accuse you of a thing I am absolutely doing. And then stare at you while you answer. I, I love it. <laughs> and there are people who really, really hate Giselle and seemingly now hate Giselle and Robin and not taking that away from them I just don't it's like I can completely just disagree with their behavior I just I'm like appreciative that they're in the show on you know in the cast I just I don't I don't have that my one and it seems like we're sort of through it which is good because like the Chris thing I as a viewer was really hard to watch the 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 suggestion of his impropriety oh right 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 that I was like this is not a this is not the same as going down the road of like, did someone not show up at a party? Uh, but right. yeah, but like for all time, Giselle, like she gets it. She understands TV. She understands how to be in the middle of it, even if it has nothing to do with her, a forever cast member. Like I will cry the day that she decides, you know, I am done with the show. Like always, forever and always. Giselle and Karen to to, to the death. <laughs> I mean, true titans of yes. Yes. And also like Giselle's really 
not great at an immediate response. Like she's much better at a separate months later confessional, which does honestly make me feel extremely optimistic that this reunion is going to be fucking wild because you have Candace upset. You've got Wendy upset. Karen's going to be there ready to throw some verbal jabs. Like I am not to, you know, this was just, I think episode eight, we've got a while to go, but I am extremely looking forward to the reunion cycle at a certain point. Andy can just maybe like drink some tea during or whatever, because these women are Olympians at this sport. They really are. I am extremely here for whatever Candace is about to do. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Candace, like, yes. I get, there is a butterfly in my stomach when Candace, like, inhales and, you know, she's about to to do one of those things. Mm. I was like, because she's great in a moment. And if she has even a moment, and if she has even a, a second longer to prepare... I would run. I would run from the evisceration. I'd be. I would. I would be coming in, whack, flag waving. I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean it. I take it all back. Whatever it takes for you to not say the words that you are ready to say to me today. You know, I'm not a basset hound, but like maybe I'll foster. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's not. It's not a full time adoption process that's taking place, but like. I'm here for it. I'm yeah. here for a little taking a little walk. Like yeah. I am extremely I am extremely ready for what's about to happen. I really am. I've always had a soft spot for Candace. So for her to be more definitively in the right on some things and and have the like the power to prepare for it as well is like gleefully exciting. Like <laughs> Yeah, and if she remembers that ultimately she's her worst enemy. Yeah. If she just keeps that in mind just a little. Yeah. While Calling Giselle an enemy of her <laughs> yep. real marriage and life, which yes. I, I'm not taking away from her. If she just remembered, like, you can, you can really bury this person yep. at the reunion and continually doing so on social. Just remember, <laughs> like, <laughs> maybe breathe a little, which she has talked about. She yes. did talk about it at the Potomac panel at BravoCon. Sometimes she's like tweeting things and then deleting them right after because she just said, like, Something about she said something about Jesus, which was incredible. But like there was she just like sometimes she just needs to get it out. And yeah. we all have been there before. I continue to be yeah. occasionally hyper reactive. Yeah. So I get it. Yeah. But I think she's also grown a little bit and also not. And I just I just I want her to I want her to do well. I really do. She'll continue to be blocked on my social, but I really want her to do well on the <laughs> it's, show. It's also you know, I, I sort of stand for the people who overreact with, like, w- verbal evisceration. Like, it's a, yes. it's a persona I am drawn to, always have been. Mm-hmm. And also, when they're new, there's a little bit of, like, oh, maybe you're doing too much. But at this point, you know her. Nobody's new. You know right. who she is. So right. you have to know, if you come at her with a softball, she's coming back with a cannon. And at this point, I go, that's on you. Because you did know. You did not meet this woman yesterday. So you know... If you swing for her, she's coming back with the full armada. And I do go, yeah. you, you, you weren't prepared. And, I, and now that's on you because, you know, when, when people show you who they are, don't just believe them. Prepare for it. <laughs> like, 
Yeah, I'm almost like I just again can't say enough how little I respect Mia, but like I uh, would be nervous <laughs> if I were her. Like you're gonna get absolutely dragged verbally at the reunion. Like all she has in her pocket is to be physical yeah. because there's nothing else that she can do. She yeah. just can't get anywhere close to how powerful these women yes. are. It's just not gonna happen. Yes, you are not prepared to compete. It's going to be a world of hurt. She's yes. going to really have to go in there. I don't know what you do. You either like own your behavior or you absolutely dance as far away from it as humanly possible. Yeah. I don't know what she can do. Because haughty is, is mm. not going to cut it. Nope. In response. Not, no. And haughty isn't going to cut it. And like, ooh, but I'm rich now, bitch. Isn't going to cut it when you're talking on social media about how your like family is no longer paying you for your massage spa yeah. biz or something. Like yeah. you have nothing in your favor that was super artificial and superficial yeah. that you had to use before as a really shitty shield. Like yeah. you, you don't have it anymore. What yeah. you have are Giselle and Robin. And I don't know how well they're going to do with this aside from just raising the volume of their voices. There's a reason that Statler and Waldorf sit in the balcony and they're not in the movie. Hello. What happens when no balcony is available? You <laughs> right? just got a fucking couch. And then, they, and then you're adjusting your gown at your knees, you know, looking for something to do. I mean, listen, I'm so glad we did a Potomac specific app. I was going to get your thoughts in Salt Lake, but like we can do that another time. Uh, we'll do honestly. another one. Also, it's nice because like through, you know, our last couple of cycles have had like deep, you know, there's been some deep elements. It's like, this is the housewives I love most. You know, the like, there's some serious things at the core, but also like mm, fun and delicious. Yeah. And if you have a problem with the fact that like the new episode of Potomac, I, I mean, I think it was super deep and there were a lot of stakes, but it was yes. all based on like bluster yes, which to me yes. is easier to see through yes. like nuances as nuance does but like I don't know when I yeah. see Mia I know that there's nuance there but I just I'm closer to a clown yeah I really am yeah and I don't think there is as much you know I don't think there is as much if everybody is a swimming pool and some people's deep end is deeper than others other people are kiddie pools you know and that's I also think that there's nuance in how we can see a person versus the actual core of their of character. Yes. And there is a huge difference to me between trauma and nuance. Yes. And I think that Mia sometimes misassociates one for the other and it's not the same. Right. Like trauma can explain your reactions, your past history can, of course, inform your present. Yes. But that's not the same as nuance. And I look at her and I'm like, you're so I just I, I have I have there's no curiosity. She's showing me everything she's got. And I'm like, ooh, not a lot there. Yeah, not a lot there. And trauma as explanation does not discount responsibility. You know, yes, it can give us insight into why and how and when and things. But it isn't a thing that allows us to set aside the things we did as a result of it. You know, that 100 percent. That's 100 percent. Yeah, I I really honestly prayers up for uh, Mia because I think may may the odds that, be ever in your favor because the Karen Huger the Huger it's not the Hunger Games it's the Huger Games <laughs> that are the, the reunion. 
<laughs> and everyone but Mia is playing to win. Listen, yes. Emerson Collins, I could talk to you all day. You know that. I'm obsessed with you. Can you tell the AGs some of the projects you're you're currently cooking and where they can follow you on social? Uh, yes. I mean, Twitter is a garbage heap, but I'm still there sometimes. But <laughs> find me on Instagram at Emerson Collins. You know, I love hearing your thoughts about anything and everything. And I appreciate that you all hit me up with reactions to these episodes every time. Uh, and also, I am performing. Blake and I are both doing numbers with the skivvies uh <gasps> if you're in southern california we're doing palm springs los angeles and laguna beach between december 12th uh 2nd and 13th so if you're in socal come find us at one of those shows and where can people go to get more information and buy tickets uh you can go to my instagram emerson emersoncollins.com i've got it in the link each of the cities Love that. And guys, speaking of Instagram, follow me on social at Dame Galley and send me your satchels of gold responding to Potomac and Salt Lake and maybe, God forbid, some Beverly Hills as well. <gasps> uh, satchels of, I know, satchels of gold. <laughs> Satchels of Gold, as you know, are your thoughts and feels, questions and concerns named in honor of Her Holiness Kelly Kaloran Ben Simone from Scary Island. So please slide into my DMs and let me know your thoughts because they could be featured on an upcoming Patreon episode. Patreon, of course, is the number one way to support the pod. You get exclusive bonus episodes, invites to special Zoom kikis and more. Go to patreon.com slash Andy's Girls for all of that support and access god bless and listen guys today is giving tuesday a time to support worthwhile organizations and charities and in light of the senseless attack at club q in colorado springs a group of content creators have come together to raise funds for an incredible local organization in that area called inside out youth services they are based in colorado springs and work to build community with lgbtqia plus young people who deserve to be safe from threats of fear and violence. We launched this on Instagram a week ago. We're at, I think, like $7,400 or something in the last several days. And I would love in honor of Giving Tuesday for us to get to eight so you can donate to that incredible organization by going to my Instagram at Dame Galley and several Bravo content creators also have links to donate in their bios as well. Literally 20 plus content creators all came together and I'm so thankful to all of them for being a part of this fundraiser and listen given Tuesday let's give right yes. are we giving a little bit absolutely little bit? yes genuinely if you had time to buy things this weekend find something that's mm. important to you whether it's this and also I want to say to you in front of your listeners it is so oh. impressive and inspiring the way in which you step up for all communities at all times it is hard to do it is time consuming to do and to be an ally to so many different groups of people in addition to your own issues that you're passionate about continuously challenges me to do the same and to do better. Like I, I missed the message when she sent about doing this and immediately <laughs> shared and like, it's, but no, showing up all the time, yeah. you know, what we do is fun, but there are real things happening to real communities and things that are darker and harder right now than they've ever been. And yeah, so whether it's this that you give to, find an issue, whether it's local, an organization, give something to somebody uh, on this Giving Tuesday that speaks to what your heart is passionate about. 
Well, thank you for that. And I also have to echo those words about giving and saying it doesn't have to be financial. It could yeah. be volunteering with a local organization and maybe, you know, training yourself to do X, Y, and Z. It could be fostering an animal, maybe a basset hound if there was <laughs> yes. one in your area. Uh-huh. Um, but anything that brings you interest, I mean, it is the giving season, not just in my um, cart on Glossier.com. <laughs> and Basically I did same. get a couple candles and some other stuff. It's fine. Um, so, you know, whatever makes your heart go pitter-patter and is meaningful to you is a little bit of extra light that is desperately needed in this world. So on that note, Emerson, thanks for bringing so much light to this app. I died for it. Thank you so much for having me. You know I love it. Oh, my God, guys. Hope you're all doing okay. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving and kick off to, you know, all these movies that I don't watch. But... Hope you enjoy this episode as well. And guys, we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.